Exodus chapter 34, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me this morning, Exodus chapter 34, and I'm just going to read one verse, and we could choose many texts for this subject matter today. I'm just going to use the text really to springboard in to what I'm going to say this morning, not really preaching a textual sermon as much as using one word out of this or one phrase out of this text this morning to speak into your life. Amen. Exodus chapter 34, and I will read verse number 14. For thou shalt worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, everybody say Jealous, is a jealous God. I want to preach for the, a few minutes this morning by the help of the Lord on this subject, a jealous God. Are you glad this morning that you're serving a jealous God? Give him a hand clap of praise one more time today and lift up your voice. Let's magnify the name of Jesus today. Magnify your name, O God. We magnify you. We worship you, God. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. I say along with my wife, we're thankful for each of you being here this morning. Glad you chose to be in the house of the Lord on the Lord's day. God is jealous of what has been going on here this morning. Our worship and our praise causes God to smile upon us. He loves our worship. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that he inhabits or he dwells in or lives in the praises of his people. If we want God to show up, we're going to have to just praise. When we get in an atmosphere and attitude of praise, you can count on God showing up. <clears throat> now, in on the surface, in beginning to study this, this subject matter a little bit, one may have their mind blown a little bit that God is a jealous God. Because the thing, the very thing that God directs us against, the Scripture is saying that He is. Scripture teaches us to not be jealous. As a matter of fact, as it teaches the Lord is jealous, it teaches that we are not to be jealous. But the jealousy of God is not of a sinful nature as is the jealousy of mankind. For man's jealousy is as cruel as the grave. A jealous man will kill you, will destroy you. For man's jealousy is cruel as the grave, but the Lord's jealousy took him to death. For he is so in love with you and I. He cares so much about you and I. 
that he is willing to go to the cross for you and I. He is so determined to prove his love and affection toward us and to gain the attention of the creature. That's you and I. He is so desiring you and I to worship Him and praise Him and for you and I to give Him our total attention and our total devotion and anything less than our total devotion or total attention causes God to become jealous of us. God is looking for a life to invest in. I believe that God is calling His people constantly into deeper relationship, into deeper commitment. God is calling His church to deeper prayer, to more intimate consecration, to more intimate relationship through prayer and through worship and through the study of the Word, through our daily communion with Him. He is desiring it of us. He he requests it of us. He longs for it. I wonder how God must feel when people simply take their walk with God in a very nonchalant attitude. When they act like their walk with the Lord is, is, well, it's one of the things. One of the many things that I do. I wonder how God feels when our church attendance is, is as such. It's Well, it's one of the places that I go. It's one of the things that I do. God is a jealous God. And he's jealous of anything that we would place above him or before him. As a matter of fact, he declared in his word that there was to be no other God before him. We are to keep him as the center of our lives. He is to be the focal point of our attention. God is looking for people who will sanctify themselves, who will set themselves apart and say, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take everything that the world has to offer, but I want my relationship with God. You can have this world, you can have wealth, you can have fame, you can have fortune, but give me Jesus. He's a jealous God. He's looking for a church that will be a sanctified church. I I grew up in a sanctified church. Before you could ever get in the pulpit, you had to be faithful in the pew. Before you ever got any kind of position, you had to be faithful to the Lord in all things. Before you got to the platform, you had to make your way by the prayer room. Before Before you ever could be too involved in anything, you had to live a dedicated and consecrated life that is set apart for the purpose of the work of the Lord. The pulpit, the platform was a holy place. 
Today we have folks that no longer reverence God and the things of God. Many no longer put God first. They just fit Him in somewhere. God's not going to tolerate it. Because He is a jealous God. Everybody say He's a jealous God. He's a jealous God. He's jealous of everything, anything that you would put before Him. As a matter of fact, His name, the Scripture said, is jealous. Meaning... (laughs) that there must be nothing in your life that you name above the name of Jesus. That the name of Jesus ought to cause everything in your life to stop. Everything ought to come to a, to, to a standstill. Somebody spoke the name of Jesus. I got to find out what's going on. The name of Jesus is above every name. That's not just a cliche we say, we preachers say in the pulpit, but the Lord said that his name was even jealous. He is a jealous God and he will tolerate nothing else being elevated above his name. Not the name of your hobby, the name of whatever you're doing this afternoon or tomorrow. Not the name of your profession, not the name of your degree, not the name. His name is to be above everything. Can I go further with it? Whatever you're dealing with in your life, His name ought to be above it. If it's cancer, His name ought to be above cancer. He is a jealous God. He won't tolerate the lack of faith putting cancer above the name of Jesus. He won't tolerate putting your problem above His name. What we've got to do is learn to speak His name first. He is a jealous God. I want to put Him first in everything. Before I put my problem in front of me, I want to put Jesus in front of me. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. The Lord is exceedingly jealous of his deity. Our text coupled with the command, thou shalt worship no other God, when the law was thundered from Sinai, the second commandment received forced from divine jealousy. I won't allow anybody or anything else to be above my name. And thou shalt make unto thee no graven, image or any likeness thereof not in heaven or in the earth beneath or that is in the water that is under the earth thou shalt not bow down unto them nor serve them for I the Lord he said I the Lord am jealous Since he's the only God, the creator of heaven and earth, he refuses to share his glory with another. Nothing will he allow to set as an equal to him. No matter what you do, if you put it above God, it causes God to become jealous. It causes him in his very nature to begin to desire something more out of you because he loves you so much. Jealousy is not born out of the lack of attention. Jealousy is born out of the fact that 
He is wanting to prove His love to you. He's so jealous of you that He would go to the cross. He's so jealous of you that He puts multiple times in Scripture declaring His jealousy, declaring, I won't allow anybody to have anything above me, put anything over me, put any, elevate anything above me. Can I preach for a moment this morning? I know you're here. You're in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning. But I'm going to tell you, I love the outdoors. I love to fish in the springtime. We're building a church. I haven't been yet. I love to hunt in the fall time. Didn't get to, I think I went out two days this year. I didn't have much opportunity because we're building a church. But get this. Understand this. No matter what I enjoy doing, no matter how much I enjoy it, I can't put it above the Lord. That's why I don't miss church to go fishing. Because then I'd have to come back and tell you, man, I was fishing on Sunday and the Lord would do it. He'd let me catch a record. I'd catch some state record and couldn't tell you about it. Because when they asked what date I caught it on, I'd say, I, I caught it at 11.59 on Saturday night. We can't put our hobbies above God. We've got to keep everything in priority. That, that's what a jealous God expects of us. He wants us to keep things in check. I can't put things ahead. I, I, I enjoy nice things and, and, and even enjoy a few of the finer things in life. But can I tell you that I can't get my money ahead of God? I used to hear my father-in-law say many, many years ago when he was teaching and when he was leading the youth here. Well, that's been a long time. I used to hear him say, if you've got a, if you got a job that you have to work on Sunday, here's what you got to do. I know I'm preaching to the crowd this morning that's here on Sunday. He said, if you got a job that you have to work on Sunday, you need to pray that God will change your shift or give you a better job. Because you need to be in the house of the Lord. You don't need anything to get in your way. You know why? Because he's a jealous God. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. I'm going I'm to do everything within my power to keep him at the first. Keep him at the center. Keep him at the focal point. I want his word to dominate in my life. I want his spirit to dominate. You know what I loved about the worship this morning? Is we weren't worried about anything else happening. I didn't even care if I preached this morning. That's right. I came with a word. I studied, I prepared, and I came with a word to preach to you. But if the Lord wanted to take over this morning and people wanted to worship this morning, I was going to be all right with whatever the Lord wanted to do today. Because I don't want to ever get my ideas ahead of what God really has for somebody's life. In Ezekiel, we find false gods described as the image of jealousy which provoked God to wrath and the doom on Jerusalem for thus turning from Jehovah. The Lord said, Mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense their way upon their own head. False gods patiently endure the existence of other false gods. Dagon can stand with Baal 
and Baal with Ashtaroth. How should wood and stone and silver be moved to indignation? They can't. But because God is the only living and true God, Dagon has to fall before his ark. Baal must be broken. And Ashtaroth must be consumed with fire. Thus saith the Lord. Ye shall destroy their altars, the scripture said. Break down their images and cut down their groves. The idols he shall surely abolish. He wasn't going to have it. Because the difference is, is they're made out of silver and wood and stone. But he is the one true and living God. And to prove his living existence, he declares, I am a jealous God. I won't tolerate any of these others. Ladies and gentlemen, you may marvel at this, but can you put yourself in God's place for a moment? Suppose that you made the heavens and the earth. Let's put it in human reasoning for a moment. And all the creatures and the inhabitants around the globe were formed by your word and by your hands. And you had flung the moon and the stars into place. And one of your creatures, something that you created and said the whole purpose of, of me creating you is that you would worship me. But the very purpose of your creation decides to begin to break down the altars that are built for worship unto Him or worship unto you. And you sit on your lofty throne and you look down and you saw your creature worshiping gods of brass or gold. God will not tolerate it either. What is a dead piece of earth set up in rivalry with real deity? Let me try to bring this home to you. What are we thinking when we put other things ahead of God? When we put our hobbies, our education, our finances, our investments, they're here. We tell God, I'll get back to you. Some of you have learned when I'm in meetings, my wife calls. You know what I do. Even if I'm in the middle of a session with somebody that's scheduling and my wife calls, I say, just a minute. She's the only person I interrupt this session for, but I got to answer this call. Because we made a pack a long time ago that when she calls, she knows my schedule, and she knows that I'm in meetings. Therefore, if she calls, it is important enough that she would call, and I need to take the call. That's pretty important. The Lord says, 
I am so jealous of you that I will not look down from the portals of glory and watch you give all your attention to things of the earth that are only going to last you for about 70 years. And then they're going to rust or burn or the thieves are going to take it. Because I'm not thinking in the realm of the short here and now of the 70 plus or minus years that I've promised you. But instead, I'm looking for somebody that will love me and worship me and give me full attention. <laughs> that no matter what's going on in life, like Daniel when it came time to pray, he opened his window and he prayed. Not one time a day, but three times a day he went back to the window and he opened the window and he prayed. I got a feeling that no matter who was at his house, he said, hold on a minute. It's time to pray. What do you mean it's time to pray? It's kind of like this. I told somebody this this week. My dad was always like this. Company come, family come. They'd come over, he'd say, come on in. Can I make you some coffee? They're like, oh, we don't have much time. He says, well, I'll make you some coffee. We have to leave here in just about 20 minutes, but we got time for a cup of coffee. But in 20 minutes, I have to go. Oh, well, we were going to come and just visit for a little while. Good. You're welcome to sit right there. I'll be back right after church is over. Or you're welcome to come on to church with me. Let me make your coffee. We got 20 minutes, but I got to go to the house of the Lord. Oh, some of you are looking at me all sanctimonious this morning. But I'm trying to tell you about a God that is jealous. That causes Daniel to raise his window no matter who's in the house. No matter what decree the king may put upon him. Mm -hmm. We could go on through the text of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We could go on through. We could go on and talk about Daniel. We could talk about others in the scripture who said, It doesn't matter who's at my house, what decree comes, I'm going to worship the Lord with all of my. It doesn't matter how many people I have sitting around me that is against me. It doesn't matter how many people are looking at me funny. It's time to worship the Lord. He's a jealous God. You may not like it, but He's jealous. I love you good folks, but he's a jealous God. I can't let what you think about me keep me from worshiping God. I can't let what you think keep me from preaching the truth, from giving him my all, because he's a jealous God. Come on, somebody ought to take a moment and just do what he loves. You ought to just praise him with all of your heart for a moment because he's a jealous God. And he says, forget about everything around you. Put me first. Get me in your in the focal point of your attention. Come on, give him worship for a few moments. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's long-suffering toward men. Aren't you glad He is? Because we're wayward. We, 
We mess up. We put things in the way of God. But this preacher's coming this morning to remind you he's a jealous God. Let's realign our priorities today. Let's put some things back in perspective today. He wants to be first in your life. He said, I won't accept second position. I'm either going to be first or I'm not going to be Lord at all. Either you're going to put me at the front of your life or you're not going to have me in your life. See, some people think, well, and nobody going to know it, but I really like this more than I care about God. You don't have anything to worry about. He won't play second fiddle. He won't be in second chair. He's going to be first in your life. He will be Lord of all or He will be Lord not at all. What patience he has with us. Because we make mistakes, we put other things in the way. We're all guilty from time to time. He shows such incredible restraint to not come at us furiously with his jealousy. Jealousy drives people insane. Jealousy drives people to do all sorts of things. Jealousy drives people to kill and to harm. But the Lord shows great restraint. Because as much as he is jealous, he's merciful. And he's gracious. And as jealous as he is of us, he just lets us get by with it. You ever seen somebody and you're like, boy, I wouldn't put up with that for just one minute. Come on, anybody ever said that? Boy, if I was them, I wouldn't put up with that. Well, I'm glad you're not them because you would. It's easy for us to say, but when it's not us. But when it's your kid, well, I'm gonna, I said I'd never do this, but you know. When it's your spouse, well, I said I'd never do this, but I'm going to go to the mall. The Lord looks down and He shows mercy upon us. He shows restraint from coming at us with fury and wrath. I don't believe, I believe he, he can be a God of wrath. There will be a day of judgment. But I believe He is a God of love and patience. He is a God that reaches for us over and over again. And we make mistakes and He keeps reaching with us, for us, through mercy and through grace. He keeps reaching to us and reaching to us and reaching to us. Yet He remains a jealous God. Because His, His Spirit will not always strive with us. Because there will be a day that he says, I'm done. You've crossed the line. I don't want to get there. I never want to get to the point where I grieve the Holy Ghost. I don't want to ever get to the point where God turns his face from me. Where he says, let them go their own way. I want to be careful to always put God first. Always putting first in my life. We have a whole history of the human race with wars against idolatry and witchcraft. The Bible's full of things that some of us look through and we're like, I have no image sitting on my shelf that I worship. I have nothing setting up. I know people and wherever you stand on these issues, I'll let you take it up with the Lord. It's between you and God. But I know people, have met people. They're against all sorts of things because they say, oh, Christmas time. They won't put a Christmas tree in their house because, oh, they're going to worship the Christmas tree. I've never bowed and worshiped a Christmas tree. Don't intend to. 
I don't even get it. I don't even know where they're coming from. If, if, if you're one of, one of those that feels that way, God bless you. I'm not, not picking on you this morning. Maybe you can explain it all to me later. Maybe I'll understand it better. But the issue is not with figurines sitting on a mantle somewhere. The issue is not with small trinkets sitting around the house that we're bowing to and we're worshiping. My sister, I always tease my sister. She has so much home interior decoration in her house that I tell her, Karen, I'm afraid to come to your house. Your walls lean inward. Thank God that they just keep decorations of the sea in the ceilings in restaurants like Cracker Barrel. Because if you ever started putting home interiors on the ceiling, I might just have invented a new, a new way for home interiors to sell. If they even still exist, I don't know. The issue is not that we put trinkets in front of him. Figurines and idols in front of him. That's not the issue. That's not the problem. The problem is that we put life ahead of Him. We put things in our life ahead of Him. We get our priorities out of line. He says, I'm a jealous God. You better keep me first. You better keep me in the front of the line. You better make sure that I'm always put at the front. What indignation we must stir in the Lord when He looks down at our church. And in our sanctuaries. And there's more statues sitting on pews. Than there are worshipers in our aisles. When there's more people sitting and filling the pew. Than there is people working in the field for the Lord. What indignation we must stir in the Lord. When there's more praisers than there are prayers. I'm crying out to the church today because He is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. And He said, I won't tolerate you putting anything in front of me. Your bank accounts, your hobbies, your family picnics have all taken place. But I won't tolerate it. I'm looking for somebody who will put me first in all things. The Lord Himself calls Himself a jealous God. I fear that some among us may take our own desires and we may elevate them as God's little G's in our life. Oh no, I would never do that, Pastor. I'm going to get right back to church right after. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. I'm a jealous God. Well, as soon as I get past this, then I'm going to... No. I won't wait around and play second chair. You're going to put me first in your life or I'll move on to another. When it comes to worship, I think I read somewhere where he said something like this when people were trying to get the crowd to quiet. 
He said, if these don't praise me, I'm going to make some rocks start crying out. If these refuse to, I'm going to find somebody. I'll raise up somebody. I got a feeling today that he's such a jealous God that if we choose to walk our own way, he says, I'm going to have a church. I'm going to raise up a people. I'm going to raise up a generation that's going to worship me. I'll raise up a people that's not afraid and ashamed, that's not going to put their pride in front of their worship. I'm going to find somebody that I can depend on that's going to worship me, not because the preacher says, I wish somebody would worship the Lord, but because they know that I'm first in their life. He's looking for somebody that's, that, that, that doesn't wait around for somebody to say, come on, clap your hands. Come on, lift your hands. You don't have to be prodded and pushed. He's looking for somebody that says, I love him more than what I love anything in this world. I'm going to clap. I'm going to worship. I'll lift my hands. I'll, put every, I'll get my priorities in order. I'm going to give him the very best that I have. He's jealous of his glory. I'm closing this morning. You can stand with me. He's jealous of his glory. He won't share praise with another. Your praise this morning is your appraisal of him. I say it often, and i got to tell you today that there's nobody that's quite like him. And in case you've forgotten this this morning, he is desiring your worship and praise. That comes not because the worship leader says, come on, let's worship. Not because the rhythm of the song is just right and somebody says, come on, let's dance. Not because the pastor gets up and dangles us over hell and says, we got to come to the altar. But because something in your spirit rises up. And you just start doing it because he's worthy of it. He's a jealous God. I want to give him the very best that I have. Come on, lift your hands this morning all over the building. He's jealous of you. He's jealous of your love. He's jealous of your affection. He's jealous of your time. He's jealous of everything that you give to anything else. He wants to be first. If we spend more time on anything else other than Him, He's jealous. If we spend more energy on anything else, He's jealous. He wants your best. He wants your best. I'm done this morning. I open these altars today where there'll be some in this room this morning that might say, I'm coming to him today because I just want to give him my best. I want to give him all that I have today. He, he's jealous of me and I love him. Come on, maybe we ought to reverse it today and we ought to say, I'm jealous of the Lord today. I won't allow anything else to get in my way. I refuse to let anything else stand in my way. Come on, magnify him, exalt and lift him up today. Come on, declare Him first in your life today. Declare Him first in your life today. Just want to tell you. 
some praise out to him this morning. I love you, Jesus. 